0: Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button to edge God in to your life, to your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul. We are called by God daily to begin again, and his mercies are new every morning. Our mission here at Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. Today's topic is entitled Emotional Intelligence in Christ, Christ Connections. This is actually the fourth trait or the fourth stage in emotional intelligence in Christ. The first one is your personal identity in Christ. The second one is self-control. Third is altruism. Fourth is Christ connection. So we're going to be camping a little bit on Christ connections. How did Jesus connect to people? And why should we even care how he connected to people? How, how will that directly influence you? And if if... I don't share information by the power of the Holy Spirit today that helps you thrive and survive. I know something about you that you will tune out because we're wired to seek information that will help us survive as well as thrive. So I'd like to start out in a prayer to ask for God's favor to do that, because there's no mistake that you've turned in, tuned into today's podcast. This is actually coming from our recently launched course entitled Emotional Intelligence in Christ, you can explore more on our Emotional Intelligence in Christ project. in is really the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ because we speak about those topics that kind of chunking it down. Well, what does that look like, feel like, and sound like for me on a daily basis to have and experience emotional intelligence in Christ, not from a secular perspective, which is by our own effort? How can I experience that levity that comes from uniting myself to the power of the Holy Spirit within me to override those negative moments that tossed me into Animal Planet, caused me to stay up at night, wondering why things happened as they did or worried about how things will turn out. I'm actually pulling from a podcast. It's it's week 22. I know that we're we're in the hundreds now in terms of the podcast, but I'm pulling one from the past called Jesus was interruptible. Are you? This particular podcast if you haven't listened to it before, I highly encourage you you follow up this podcast with looking for that podcast at edgegodin.com. You can simply look for Jesus was interruptible and that podcast will come come up for you. Martha, 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 you are so caught up in all of your doing and achieving and rushing around. Where are you going in such a hurry? You're missing the opportunity to reflect and act upon what is truly important. Faith expressing itself through love. Love pauses. Love notices those in need. Love seeks out an opportunity to edify and encourage Love puts the needs of another before its own. Love allows itself to be interrupted for a greater good than the task at hand. Love returns tenfold abundant joy and peace to those who allow themselves to be interrupted for the sake of more love in the world. Sweet Jesus, we invite you into this podcast. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Cleanse this place, fill this atmosphere, fill our hearts, our minds, our souls with an attentiveness, a wakefulness, so that we can tune into that still small voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, do not touch, do not taste, do not partake of the things of the world. For the world and its desires pass away, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. So Lord, we seek that life today. We thank you for the opportunity to learn from your example, your model and emotional intelligence. You are the emotional intelligent one. You modeled it perfectly by having your identity grounded in God, by having self-control when you could have called down legions of angels to your rescue in the garden and your altruism was constant. You allowed yourself to be available. Help us to learn, to draw near, and to model, to truly mimic what we see as we read the scriptures through the gospels again and again, how you showed up with that compassion. For every human being that you came across, give us the grace to do the same. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our society, we are rushing around. Perhaps that's you today. So busy that we've forgotten our greatest source of joy and peace, loving those around us. We've actually gone so far as to create barriers around ourselves to prevent interruptions, so that we can accomplish what we feel we need to accomplish. There's nothing wrong with healthy boundaries, by the way, to accomplish high priorities in life. This is a behavior that offers positive impact on business, no doubt, as an entrepreneur for 20 years. I can assure you that distractions decrease productivity. So there is a time and place for healthy boundaries, as well as effective management of a home. The practice of preventing interruptions is good until you start to put things, I start to put things, accomplishments, to-do lists, above the opportunity to encourage and or edify another human being. That's a need that God has put in your path. And this takes discernment. Are you sending me in this situation? Is this mine? Is this someone else's? Dear God, grant me that discernment that Jesus had when he passed through this earth. In the book of Luke, Jesus was interrupted in the midst of other tasks, including travel, approximately 23 times. He allowed himself to be interrupted, and this is the fourth phase of emotional intelligence in Christ as we lay it out. For the sake of edifying, encouraging, drawing someone into love, knowing that love transforms, judgment repels. I heard a phrase from one of my favorite preachers this last week. Stay in the pace of God's grace. Don't run ahead. We are hustling. And this is an invitation to halt the hustle for a moment, for several moments in your day, to discern from God where, and, and to seek out, what is my give back project? Who's in need that you're placing in my path that needs a word of encouragement, needs a phone call, needs a small text or message? I see you and you matter. A recent study just came out that one of the huge reasons, biggest reasons in in the corporate world, why people stay at their company is psychological safety. And psychological safety is simply the space created for someone to be able to speak up their concerns, their worries, their thoughts, to have a, a, a forum, a place where they can speak truth without judgment. They can make suggestions without being cut down or ridiculed. Psychological safety creates that space between of love and acceptance. Even if you disagree with a person, you can still have that Poise. Of Christ in his delivery. He had it all the time, even when he was angry. He did it in such a way as to create a message that was deeper than the current situation that was occurring and happening. So, our invitation today is to slow down, halt your hurry enough so that God can use you to make a connection, draw someone closer to Jesus. Let's look at a few of these scriptures. Just in Luke, Luke chapter eight, for example, and this is this is one of many. But I, I, I continually read through the Gospels, and I got to Luke chapter eight again, and, and I paused and I thought, "Wow, look at this!" Once again, Jesus was interrupted at least three times just in the in in, in chapter eight. The first time was verse twenty-two. Uh, one day, Jesus said to the disciples, "Hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake." So they got in the boat, and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. So he's sleeping. A squall came down on the lake. So that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up. They interrupted his sleep. Master, master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Jesus was incredible at posing the perfect question, where's your faith? And then he let silence do the heavy lifting. In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So they're they're still trying to figure it out. They're still in that space of, hmm, he's doing some things from heaven, and I don't know, who is he? So they're questioning him. And so he's bringing them closer. He's drawing them closer. He's making a connection in spite of the fact that he might have been right in the middle of REM sleep. And they wake him up. He was interrupted. Fast forward a little bit to verse 40. When Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. So he's, he's with a crowd of people, perhaps talking, perhaps listening. Just then, a man named Jairus... A ruler of the synagogue came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his daughter's house because it was his only daughter. A girl of about 12 was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Interesting, 12 and 12. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped. A simple point that I pondered when I was going through advanced cancer and the doctors were giving me five years, trying to get me five years of life. And I would declare this as I as I meditated on many of the miracles in, in the gospel of Luke. Luke was a physician. So he documented the, 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 the miraculous healings over and over again, more packed in Luke than any of the other four gospels. He declared the healing miracles of Jesus again and again. This is a powerful place to pause for a moment and consider that Jesus is always after the soul. Through the physical healing, he's always after the soul, drawing people closer, drawing them to an encounter with himself, which leads to repentance, which, which leads to a resurrection of their identity. Encounter repentance, resurrection, encounter, repentance, resurrection. Healing is also not confined by time, by time or intensity. And this is something that I would prey on quite a bit. The, the pain of going through 14 surgeries and uh, 16 chemo's additional year of chemo and six weeks of daily radiation and MRSA staph infection, open wound for a year and bunch of other setbacks, uh, physically speaking, especially those tubes that lean right against your nerves that come out of the side after the mastectomy. There was incredible opportunity to really consider the power of of Jesus healing love. And perhaps you're going through a difficult time today, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You're experiencing a wound. Uh, Maybe it's not an open wound like I had for a year. But perhaps it's metaphorically a wound that goes very deep for you. Jesus' healing is not confined by time or intensity. When he says it is finished, it is finished. If it continues to remain, I've learned that embracing suffering from the perspective of curiosity, what is it? that you're forming in the dark room, so sort to of speak. I listened to a, a sermon by Pastor Todd out of Arizona, and he spoke of a dark room. really resonated with me because I read The Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross when I was going through advanced cancer and divorce. It was really profound. I love the metaphor, though, of a dark room. So this woman for 12 years, she was in the dark room. There's no doubt about it. And flipping back to how we used to, and still in some places, develop an an image, a negative from from a camera, we develop it in a dark room. And if it's exposed too quickly to anything, you can ruin the image, the image being your image in Christ. And so as you're going through any difficult situation, perhaps it's even uncertainty. It's amazing how Satan twists our mind keeps us trapped in not knowing, right? Or the need to know and how much that hijacks us. Jesus in an instant, not confined by time or intensity can deliver us of that. And if we are still in it after we've prayed to be delivered, be attentive as to what the lesson is. And I've shared this before in the, in the midst of going through all the treatments, a friend of mine took me down to the um, nuns that mother Teresa had left in Denver here. And I met with one of them who knew Mother Teresa, and I was I was seeking wisdom on how to handle suffering, and she looked up at me all four feet of her and basically just said, "Don't waste your suffering. God does His greatest work in the darkest nights, and He does do His greatest work in the darkest nights. So perhaps you are in the dark room." And my brothers and sisters in Christ, in the dark room, you are developing. God is developing you. If you're exposed too quickly by that which you want, you might ruin the image. And God's not willing to compromise that. So whatever it is that he's burning away in you, in the suffering, be attentive. Stay awake. And practice the emotional intelligence posturing of Jesus. Emotional intelligence is the activation of the Holy Spirit within you. And by the word activation, the definition we refer to as wakefulness and attentiveness, attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within you to help you discern and manage your emotions and behaviors, which actually really get hijacked when you're in the dark room in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. Jesus is after your ability to love. And he won't settle for less. So if there's something that perhaps in your pride or your fear and anything in between that uh, needs to be burnt away, he will go after it. And it's not comfortable, believe me. I've spent a lot of time in the dark room being developed, and I continually re enter the dark room to be developed for other character traits to be able to handle whatever God calls me to do. That was a prayer, actually. I started praying quite some time ago. Dear God, I give you permission to withhold territory from me, expanding territory from me until I've developed the character to handle it in a way that honors and glorifies you. So if you don't think that I'm prepared, that you haven't developed me in the dark room long enough, To grant me expansion in some way, then I give you permission to withhold it. I encourage you to come up with your own prayer in that area so that you can have peace with suffering. It's the very thing that held Jesus to the cross and cracked open and split the Holy of Holies open for us to enter in with confidence by the blood of the Lamb. So it's not to be feared, it's to be embraced embrace the cross, whatever it is, ask God for the healing, go for the healing and, and for the grace to cling to the cross until the healing occurs. And when Jesus says it is finished, it is finished, as was the case for the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. Now, an important point to, to, to make here, and this was one that was, I was reminded of in the same, I believe the same sermon about the dark room my pastor Todd was that the woman, Oh no, this was actually another one. Um, the woman, Jesus was moving at a pace that the woman could, a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years could actually reach out and touch him. She was not running. I can assure you of that. I went through times after chemo where I had to crawl to the, to the restroom after bleeding for 12 years, I'm sure she, she had an iron deficiency and, and was extremely weak. Jesus was moving at the pace of grace, and she was able to grab a hold of his garment and therefore, by faith, be healed. Jesus knew it. He felt it. He knew who, who had touched him, yet it was that encounter of declaration of availability and ownership that he was looking for because knowing that that's an important piece of complete healing and restoration who touched me master there's people crowding in and pressing all over the place no jesus said someone touched me i know that power has gone out from me then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came trembling and fell at his feet in his presence and and in the presence of all the people she told why she had touched him And how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Can you imagine? Let's shift our focus here just a little bit. Can you imagine what Jairus is doing by this point? Jesus is interrupted while he was interrupted to go heal Jairus's daughter. So our focus for today's podcast is simple. Follow Jesus' lead and stay in the pace of God's grace so that those people in need that uh, God puts in our path for us to be used as an ambassador, for him to make his appeal through us for God's glory, are seen, are acknowledged. We create a place of psychological safety. It's safe to talk here. It's safe to to communicate, even the most difficult things to communicate. And I will, by God's grace, withhold judgment. And that is a grace. So here, Jairus has has a message, too, from Jesus. Perhaps he's developing Jairus in the dark room on patience and trust. We get so impatient (laughs) in the midst of our hustle. If things don't turn out quickly, people don't respond the way we want them to, and things aren't returned as quick as we want them to. We all have our level of threshold when it comes to the hustle and frustration. And Jairus had his daughter's life on the line. And in the midst of this, Jesus did allow himself to be interrupted again by the woman with bleeding. That healing was complete. And right after that, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came up from the house of Jairus and said, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Jesus heard this. So he's, he's giving his attention to the woman completely, fully present. Then he quickly turns to Jairus and again is interrupted back to Jairus to edify him with these words. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. There's no pushback with Jairus. He's, can you imagine what he must be feeling at this point? Probably a lot of frustration because Jesus was just taking his time and moving at a slower pace so this woman could grab a hold of him and experience her healing. He was moving the pace of grace. Then Jairus pops in, and he just listens. There's no pushback for that. So when they arrive at Jairus's house, Jesus notices people are crying. Again, he just steps in with truth, stop wailing. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. He doesn't give any power, though, to the emotions of other people. This is another sign of emotional intelligence. He's so grounded in his identity and purpose and what he knows to be true, that he doesn't rise and fall depending upon the emotional outbursts of people around him. Do you? Think about the last two weeks. People that you've encountered with strong emotions. How much power did you give those emotions to spin your emotions? Don't allow other people's sin to become your own. My pastor reminded me of that many times. Don't allow the sins of other people to become your own. Stay off the stage of the drama with Christ in love and observe, looking for that opportunity. If the Holy Spirit moves you, the activation of the Holy Spirit within you is emotional intelligence to move you, help you to be attentive and awake to the guidance and the ability to discern and manage your emotions and your behavior in a way that honors God. And when it's grounded in peace and love, it's, that's always in a way that honors God. When the devil comes to kill your sense of purpose, steal your peace or destroy your identity, you know that he's hunting for that moment to just shove you onto that stage of drama, resist the urge, stay off the stage as Jesus did. They start laughing at him. just goes right in and does the work that he's sent to do. My child, get up. Her spirit returned. Healing is not confined by time or intensity. And at once, at once, she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. I love these moments when Jesus is so human and recognizes our our need for uh, food there's something in neuroscience called the HALT. I add the S on the end to it, but it's an acronym for when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick. I added that after going through advanced cancer, just noticing how when my body was weak, my emotions followed. With Jesus, we're still able when our bodies are weak, when we unite our heart to his, our, our thoughts to his thoughts, fill our mind with the word of God um, by, by keeping that humble attentive space, what would you have me do? Then we are protected from being hijacked when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick. One of the other uh, techniques to use is complete honesty. God is is available to you, and, and constantly Jesus desires for you to be you, because everyone else is taken. <laughs> so as th- this, this came to me this week as I was meditating on the difference between Mary and Martha and knowing that I've got a lot of Martha in me before the double mastectomy. Um, my, the gal who was a Christian, didn't know at the time, who was a surgeon, told me, I know you're a type A person. And my prayer for you is that you'll give yourself permission to bump to a B and still feel that you're enough. And that was profound. And I'm still working on that in the dark room with the Lord, and he's developing me so that my identity stays intact, so I'm not exposed to too many things too quickly, knowing he knows what I can handle and what I can't handle, and just as he knows what you can handle and what you you can't handle. So trust him. Endlessly toss yourself into the lap of Christ and ask him to help you with whatever it is that you're going through today, that he's in the dark room. Uh, forming you and developing you over today. But getting back to Mary and Martha, and I'll end with this. Jesus didn't say to Martha, don't be running around and doing all that stuff for me. He didn't didn't say that at all. He didn't even say any judgment on on the behavior of Martha, for that matter. What he said when, when Jesus entered Mary and Martha's house and Mary and Martha was running around fervently trying to get ready for Jesus. I, I would totally be, I identify with the Martha. Um, I, I'd be like, holy cow, Jesus is coming to my house today. I gotta, I gotta, first of all, clean up all the dog hair that's on the floor, and <laughs> I just think of all the stuff that would come in my mind. Definitely would Martha it for sure. So perhaps you're Marthaing it these days. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and and taking in what the Lord had to say. So when Martha exasperated, probably ticked off, frustrated, totally been in Martha's shoes before with those college projects where you're doing it all. And you look around and like, everyone's like, well, what can I contribute? <laughs> totally that self-righteous attitude of like I've done the whole project. Anyway, that's Martha attitude. And Jesus so patiently and lovingly turns to Martha and says, Martha, Martha. Just put your name in there. Lauren, Lauren, you were worried about so many things, so many trinkets, non-essentials, yet they must be done. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. So as I was meditating on this, this statement came up in my mind in prayer, be Martha, move out like, be Mary, move out like Martha. What do I mean by that? Be Mary and move out like Martha. We all have different gifts and talents. Jesus knows this. This is part of emotional intelligence, is knowing your gifts and your talents. Lead Like Jesus has an awesome assessment called the Biblical Disc Assessment. They also have uh, an EQ assessment recently put out as well, both of which give you insight into what makes you tick in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, located at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, we actually offer a short version of both of those, uh, complementary, um, as is part of included in the book, with the links to take those. And if you're interested in the longer version, getting more of a full report, go to leadlikejesus.com. It's important to know what makes you tick. And so... Be Mary, move out like Martha means sit at Jesus' feet before you do anything, make any major decision, or for that matter, step into the next transition. Lord, I know that if you don't show up, this won't go well. So So be in my intonation, my facial expressions, remind my face that you adore me, help me to express your love for the people you've entrusted to my care in only a way that you can, in patience and to move at a slow enough pace where I am making those Christ connections, which as I mentioned is the fourth phase of emotional intelligence in Christ. The hustle, we miss so many opportunities because we're being Martha without Mary. It's not either, either or, it's both. Be Mary and move out like Martha. Once you get that discernment by being Mary, it's sitting at the Lord's feet, move out like Martha she just went for it. When you just move out without that discernment, then the emotional intelligence is left in the dust and you're relying on your own efforts, which I know personally how that ends up. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Ends up in animal planet moments. So I'm going to bring us, bring us to a close today. Again, encouraging you to explore the podcast Jesus was interruptible. Are you, and it's an earlier podcast. It's like podcast 22 go to emotional intelligence, or I'm sorry, go to edge You can look for that podcast and, and refresh your mind to, to, to lean in, to see at the pace of grace that Jesus moved and interacted with human beings. This, um, The wording, a lot of the wording from that podcast is actually in the book in chapter six of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book. If you have that book, read chapter six, uh, because it will help you to lean into how did Jesus connect with people and how can I get over my own human efforts and allow the Holy Spirit to take charge over my emotions, my, my poise, my executive presence, my ability to be humble to be gracious, loving, kind, generous, basically to get over myself. (laughs) We, We all need extra grace with that on a daily basis, just saying. Follow Jesus' lead and stay in the pace of God's grace so that you can make those connections that ignite a curiosity in the hearts of people around you. who is Jesus? I want what you have. I want more of that. That's what drew me in at 17. Nobody said anything or said, you got to stop living that sinful, drunken, messing around, cursing life. They just simply showed me Jesus through their behaviors. And I wanted that. Someone once said, be Jesus. Oh, I think it was Mother Teresa. Someone, someone once said, Mother Teresa said something along the lines of, "Be Jesus, and when necessary, witness Jesus, and when necessary, use words. Meaning by your behavior, people recognize God right away. Facial expression, intonation. Also, what you said. Be, be very careful of your words, because it's very easy to cut people down and not separate the person from the issue very easy to toss stones on a daily basis under the guise of, hey, I'm just being honest. I've done that so many times. Resist that urge. And when you do slip, come back as quickly as possible and begin again from the place that Jesus modeled, that place of love and compassion, that emotional intelligence to allow his identity in God, with God, united to God through the power of the Holy Spirit to guide his uh, human expression of emotion and how he connected to people around him. It's a fun journey, emotional intelligence in Christ. It's a constant journey. And a lot of the good work takes place in the dark room. So don't fear the dark room, my brothers and sisters in Christ. God is developing you. You don't want to be exposed too quickly. will you'll ruin that image, your image of, of your identity in Christ. You don't want that to be hijacked into power, popularity, position, or passion. Been there, done that, so I can speak very passionately about it. So give Him heaven out there. Visit us at edgegodin.com, and uh, work on those that 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 pace. Halt that hurry, and stay in the pace of God's grace. As you move forward, we are constantly striving. God wants us to slow it down and stride. This was another piece of information I wrote down from that that sermon that I heard. Difference between stride and strive. We're striving. Striving is our own effort. Striding is moving in an intentional direction with long steps. So moving in an intentional direction and long steps, as I can imagine Martha was, after sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary. Give him heaven out there. You can visit us also at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com to explore the project, as well as join our recently launched course. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are happy to be available. God bless you today.